Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, it's Pat Boyle. And today on the Best of the DA Show, it's the first football Friday of the year. And the Lions... Prove that they are ready for the test this year. They stunned the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Also, your best audio of the day and sound check, including JR and Shep on living in Alaska. That's right. Plus, DA's got a tasty top five. His best five college football games of the weekend. Bogish is stunned to a news. We've got a football food of the week. That's right. Also, the Wizard of Odds waves his wand. DA's picks for the first NFL and college football duo weekend of the year. Target demo Friday. Epic fail. It's moments like this that we wait and live all year for. It's the best of the DA show on a football Friday. It's now. We start last night at Arrowhead. If you're just waking up with us this morning, the Detroit Lions pull the upset, trailing 20-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter, march down the field on a touchdown drive, go ahead 21-20, and held on for the upset victory. The Lions get the opening night win. There was some gutsy play calling by one Dan Campbell. And some solid play by the Lions, especially on defense, to thwart multiple Patrick Mahomes attacks. And that's how it went down last night. What did we learn from the Lions' victory on a night where the Chiefs hung the banner of the Super Bowl championship from a couple of months ago? It is where we begin. You're cold open. Mahomes out of the gun. He's got it, wants to throw. Mahomes back, throws. It is incomplete, picked off. Picked off by the Lions. Brian Branch with it, left side. He's going, baby. He's going to the house. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Deflected in the air. Branch ran under it, and he took it all the way back. The Lions are an extra point away from tying this game. I have trust in in KT. Um, He he missed a lot of training camp. Um, Obviously, he wanted to play and, and, and fought rehab hard so he could play. 
um, and and stuff's not always going to go your way. Obviously, um, he would have wanted to catch a few of those in the game, but I've trusted he's going to be that guy that I go to in those crucial moments. Montgomery, the lone back behind Goff. Lions scrimmage from the Kansas City 8. Goff gives to Montgomery again. He's got room inside the five. Fighting to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. David Montgomery to the house, and the Lions are an extra point away from taking the lead. I didn't learn anything. I got verification on what I already knew. And this is a resilient team. Uh, it already was a resilient team, and we added pieces to that resilient team. So um, we're built to handle some, some stuff, and, uh, and we did that today against a very good opponent. Pacheco is the lone setback. Under centers Mahomes. He fakes to him. Now short roll right. He's got a man open at the 35 and a drop pass at the 35-yard line. Kadarius Tony was wide open and drops the pass. It wasn't feeling right, so I wasn't going to put him out there with that, and he was honest with me. And, um, uh, you know, we talked. And so just not enough time there. Here we go. Lions leading by one, 209 to play. Fourth and 25, Kansas City from their own 30-yard line. There's the snap to Mahomes. He's back. Mahomes stepping up, being chased, rolling to his left, looking, looking, lobs it downfield. It is incomplete. Lions will take over on downs. No flags. I don't believe it. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. Two good play-by-play guys there in the NFL. Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio, Dan Miller on Lions Radio. You heard Dan Campbell, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes. I loved what Dan Campbell said right there. I loved it. I love that quote. It was my favorite quote from last night. I didn't learn anything about our team. It just verified what I already knew. I have been critical of Dan Campbell before. I did not think his dynamic would work in the NFL. I thought he was too emotionally intense. I thought he couldn't have that high a high and that low a low. But I think what you have seen is that Dan Campbell has matured quite a bit into that role. There was a point in time in his coaching career not long ago where you could have seen him crying after last night's victory. Sobbing, joy that his team could experience this and this win meant so much and they put in so much work and this was a business trip for the Lions. I didn't learn anything about my team. It only verified what I already knew. I loved it. And on top of that, Dan Campbell going for the fourth down fake punt on the first drive the Lions had inside their own 20 and getting it, which jump-started the touchdown drive, said a lot about Campbell and how the team responded after getting that fourth down conversion, about how the team feels when Campbell's putting trust in them. He was validated in going for it. They felt validated that he went for it. I thought what you saw last night was a reflection of Dan Campbell's organization, Dan Campbell's feel for the team, Dan Campbell's confidence in his guys coming to fruition. And the lines didn't go there, starstruck, looking around. 
wow, look at this banner. They came there, though, to win. And they knew they'd have to be aggressive. They needed a bounce as well, which was the pick six. But they got the job done. And that taught me a lot about where the Lions are on this maturity track. And they're a trendy pick this year. I wondered if they were ready for the moment. You know, they had not been to the playoffs yet, and people were talking about them winning the division and going deep, and they were ready for this moment, and they proved they were. So that's a huge, huge measuring stick for the Lions. Number two, just defensively, the Lions did a really good job on the Chiefs and made Patrick Mahomes' life difficult and then converted seven, and they needed it. They needed that seven. Because it could have ended 2014 Chiefs win, and they got that pick six. On the Chiefs, look, undoubtedly, not having Travis Kelsey, and you heard Reed talk about this, affected that offense in a big way. And what you see there is that over the years, via free agency, the Chiefs have lost a lot of talent at the receiver position. Tyreek Hill gone. Sammy Watkins left a couple of years ago. This offseason, Nicole Hardman left. And it leaves you, look at the top targets of the Chiefs. Who caught the touchdowns last night? How many of you had Rasheed Rice on your fantasy roster last night? And Blake Bell. Those were the two touchdowns that Mahomes threw last night. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is still there, but had only two catches last night. Sky Moore needs to develop into something. He had zero catches last night. And Kadarius Toney, who they got midseason from the Giants last season, should be a big target for the Chiefs and for Mahomes this year. And Tony was an absolute nightmare last night. Drops all over the place, and it went off his hands for the Lions pick six. And that was a complete pass downfield. Mahomes put it where it had to be, in stride, and Tony just butchered it, popped up in the air, Lions back the other way for seven. So you hate to put it on one guy, but Kadarius Tony arguably lost the game single-handedly for the Chiefs. He was an absolute disaster. Now, Mahomes didn't throw him under the bus, but you see that everything works if you have one of the greatest tight ends ever in Travis Kelsey as the ultimate number one target. And when that is there, you know, Kadarius Tony only has to make one catch per game to validate his existence. MVS has to only make one big catch on a game. Instead, when it comes down to them, because you've taken Kelsey out, it's really tough. It exposes how thin the star playmakers are for the Chiefs. And look, I have said that Mahomes can make anybody a stud, but last night I was proven wrong because he could not make those guys look like stars last night. Also, Chris Jones made himself some money. Chris Jones just made himself some money because... As bad as as Kadarius was and as kind of lethargic as the Chiefs' offense looked many times throughout the night, you know, they needed one stop. 
And if Chris Jones is in there, do they get that one stop and force a field goal instead of one of those two touchdowns? And if they do that, is it is it a Chiefs win? I mean, Chris Jones, you come out of last night's game and go, yeah, the, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, but when they don't have two-thirds of the other future Hall of Famers on that field, they can be exposed. Now, I say all that with this. The Lions are probably going to be pretty good this year. And I don't think one night makes the Chiefs or breaks the Chiefs. So I fully expect the Chiefs to be one of the last teams standing. And now I fully expect the Lions to be what people hope they would be. And that is a real contender this year. You know, again, one game doesn't make the season, but that's a big test, early test passed by the Lions. And this is, for the Chiefs, a reminder. You can't just throw anybody out there against a good team and win. If the Chiefs played the Texans last night without those two guys, they would have won the game. But you play a good playoff caliber team like the Lions, and you can be beaten even in your own house. Fun game. And the Lions, hey, you know, for having them on the opening kickoff, which, I don't know, for... 20 years, 25 years since Barry Sanders retired, you would never even think. You wouldn't even whisper that in the league office. Psst, maybe you should start with the Lions. What did you say? The li- lie? You're fired. Now, they started with the Lions and it was good. It was good eating. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. CBS presents this program in color. 
An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. All right. The DA Show always is available on your phone. You can stream us using the CBS Sports app or the free Odyssey app, as well as you can watch us on your phone using the Twitch, YouTube apps, or at watchda.com, all mobile friendly. Soundcheck begins with Justin Jefferson, the wideout for the Minnesota Vikings. He's looking for a contract extension and has one note for the Vikings to remember. Of course, I would, I would love for, for Kirk to continue to be my quarterback uh, as of before, as, you know, me coming into the league. Uh, but again, I don't control that. Uh, you know, that's up to, to the, the team and, and up to Kirk. Uh, but of course, I would, I would love to have Kirk and continue my journey with Kirk. You like that. You like that, big boy. Justin Jefferson, perhaps the best wide receiver in the NFL, says, I want Kirk Cousins to be my quarterback. If I'm going to be around here, word of the wise, bring back Kirk Cousins. I think there's no way that the Vikings don't pay Justin Jefferson whatever it is that he ultimately wants because he's that good. And at this point in time, I mean, they 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 traded Stephon Diggs with the idea that they would develop him into the next number one, and now he's developed into that next number one. I think it would be kind of a short-sighted idea to then think you could just keep doing that. And so ultimately... No doubt in my mind that Jefferson's going to get paid by the Vikings, but who his quarterback is, if I am Minnesota, yes, it's nice to hear Justin Jefferson likes his QB, but I'm looking to upgrade. Cousins has a ceiling. Cousins' age is ticking. I'm looking to upgrade, especially if in this upcoming draft there's as many stud quarterbacks as is projected. Let's listen in on Marlins Radio as Freddie Freeman hits a base hit down the line. The Marlins' Ball boy gets involved. 2-0 to Freeman is blooped over the head of Luis Arise. That's a fair ball rolling down the right field line, and the ball boy just picked it up. Oh, no, the ball boy just picked it up in foul territory. One of the most Marlins moments ever. Marlins ball boy sees a base hit go by him. Before it gets to the outfield, he snags it with his glove. Outfielder comes over yelling at him. He totally ignores him, throws the ball into the stands where there are seven people. It had to be the most Marlins moment ever. Dude, you have one job. And then the ump comes over like, what are you doing? And the ball boy is acting like, oh, but... Uh, it wasn't foul. <laughs> no, it wasn't foul. You picked up a live ball, you dolt. Why would you? And and, the, and afterwards, I watched the video. I mean, what a what a douche. He's what not a, even a, a ball idiot. boy. Yeah, he's a ball man. He's a ball man. And he's he just, got like a goatee. Yeah, he picks up the ball, just turns around, just. launches it in seven rows deep into the crowd. He's got the double flap helmet, so he just looks like an idiot. And then he sits down, and he's got like a little water bottle spitter for sunflower seeds, and he just sits down, he's just... 
spitting a sunflower seeds. It's like, what are you doing? It's the most Florida thing ever. You can't even get the ball boy right. That even the ball boy is totally out to lunch. Sun-baked, got no other job. He's just wandering the beach all day. Comes inside, goatee, scraggly hair, glassy-eyed. Well, it was my job. I was going to spit sunflower seeds all day. Oh, that was a foul ball, right? Oh, hey, you know what? Take this foul ball, kids. Dude, pay attention. After that, you know that's whose fault this is on? That's whose Derek, fault is that? It's Derek Jeter's fault. It's all Jeter's After fault. After he traded the three all-star outfielders, he traded away an all-star ball boy, and they've been they've never been the same since. And finally, J.R. and Shep, I guess this was from last night here on CBS Sports Radio? Uh, the, technically this morning. If you're on the East Coast, it was 1.30 in the morning. One of my favorite duos in sports radio discussing what else after Chiefs and Lions on the eve of the NFL season, what else would you want to delve into besides how it might be living in Alaska? When it's time to go to sleep, man, you better go in the house. Mm-hmm. You better make it dark as hell <laughs> and lay down. No, see, I, I would, I would, I would disagree with that because, and I know you have like five different jobs that you do. Um, we work so much, we don't need darkness to make us feel tired. When we hit that pillow. We're out. Yeah, I don't, you know I'm right. You, you, no, you <laughs> move to Alaska and then you, you look at sunlight all day for seven days straight, and then you tell me how you feel. I love to go to Alaska. You know what I'd love to do, it, no. Jr. Everyone always asks, you know, what, what would you, what would you do if you weren't doing what you're doing now? And I say, I'd what? love to travel Antarctica. I'd love to go to Antarctica to see what a snuffle up against. Like, why <laughs> do you want to see, go this, out there? Well, I mean, to to be at the most southern point uh, on the planet. <laughs> That would be like I would love to go to Alaska. I, I hear they have great a, cruises there. Get a get a Chilean passport and go. Okay. Well, I don't. Obviously, we don't. We know we don't need a passport because it's technically the United States. So, right? No, I think I think part of it is is uh, Chile. You might be right about that. Although so. yeah, that does make sense because I might it be is. Wrong, no, I, because you know why you're right because it is Chile in Alaska. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, man, that clip had it all. That clip had everything. <laughs> Number one, I love JR, but does he think Snuffleupagus is a real animal? <laughs> Doesn't matter. No one's ever said Snuffleupagus in a cooler way. True. And whether he thought it was real or not, has Snuffleupagus ever been connected to Antarctica? Have not watched every Sesame Street episode. <laughs> I mean, it's possible they put him down there to, to teach a lesson, but I'm not sure. No, I don't think Snuffleupagus is specifically a cold weather animal. Number two. <laughs> Number two. Is the South Pole or Antarctica American? Is it U.S. territory? Well, I think, I think they were... I think JR was referring to Antarctica, which I guess Chile, all the southern tip where it's Patagonia, I guess then that basically almost connects to Antarctica. So I don't know if that, I don't know who owns Antarctica, if there's a country that is, that's territory. But he's talking about that, and Shep thinks he's talking about Alaska. So he goes, well, you you wouldn't need a passport because it's American, you know? (laughs) So you Shep is, but Shep introduces Antarctica. So where in Shep's head would that have switched to being 
And then, Alaska. He, yeah, and then he goes back to, and then he goes, I'd love to go to Alaska. I got cruises. <laughs> he might be right, though. I don't, I don't know that at Antarctica has an airport and they're for a customs department. You might not need to show any identification to get to Antarctica. They're just happy you're there. And then he, and then he drops the, cause it's Chile. Yeah. Which yeah. is just a brutal, brutal, <laughs> brutal. joke at the end of this thing. JR just goes, all right, anyway. Seven countries maintain territorial claims in Antarctica. The U.S. do not recognize, the U.S. and most other countries do not recognize these claims. The U.S. maintains a basis to claim territory in Antarctica. It has not made a claim as well. Argentina, Australia, Chile, France, New Zealand, and Norway, and the U.K. all have territorial claims. So I don't, you must need a passport to get to Antarctica. I'm not sure how physically Who's would checking? There. There's no border agents there. You can't even live there, I think, for half the year. They don't have structures. It's just a it's just a land. Yeah, it's but ice. If you if you land you have to land at an airport. Yeah, you, but like you have, I, to, you have to sail into some type of naval but base you, but, or something. But you can't I don't think you can just go there. Like you can't just say, Hey, I want to book a flight to like you every every nature show I've ever watched, and I watch way too many of them between One's about the ocean, and I'm like, you land on like a, a a strip of concrete if you're lucky, or you sail in, but you're never in an airport where there's going to be checking. There's no gates. There's so just there's a no, plane. There's no commercial flights in in and I, I don't. I no. There's no. I don't think there's a place that you can't just go there. There's no existing cities. There's got to be some kind of small villages. Yeah, like for scientists and stuff. But people, no one, people don't the live scientists. there. No one's from Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> you, there, I mean, I don't even it's know a, if there's a city. Like, you wouldn't like. I'm not gonna. I, I, you're not gonna fly to like New York South or Reykjavik or there's just there's yeah. there's just Antarctica. That's Iceland. Right. But but there probably is multiple science bases or military bases or something research bases that the scientists constantly go to or yeah. researchers, explorers, military personnel, they, they must have to get on there somehow. Yeah, I'm sure and there's like a people, landing strip. Those people must have to have some type of passport or credentials. Right, but, but I think that happens on your departure end. Yeah. Is, and you're go, you can't just go there. You're going there for a purpose. Even if it's for a trip, quote-unquote, like someone's bringing you there with like a multiple levels of accreditation and approval and stuff like that. My brother just went to the deserts of Mongolia to, to study ancient DNA. I'll ask him to make Antarctica his next, his Please. next stop. That's good. And by the way, that clip, there was like a, a solid minute and a half before that. That was also very, very good. <laughs> that I unfortunately had to cut down. I will also say that I was in Alaska for the great Alaskan shootout in 2000, oh, 2001 around Thanksgiving. That's when they play it. Yeah. So I, when Jair is like, they were talking about sunlight or whatever. It was amazing how little sunlight I saw during that trip. The sun rose at around 10 a.m., so it was dark through morning, through breakfast, and then it would get dark at 3 p.m. So you had a very small sliver, and that was not December 21st. This was, that's the shortest day of the year. This was no, late November, so it was closing in. But like by the time you get to December 21st in Anchorage, and this was Anchorage, which is the southern part of Alaska, right? You're getting maybe five hours of sunlight a day, and that's if it's sunny. And then we're it's getting, usually not. <laughs> and then in the spring, you're getting like 23 hours of sun yeah. when they play that crazy, never-ending baseball game to yeah. like open up the spring, the warm yeah. weather. It's pretty, pretty amazing. It's really easy to sleep in the middle of the winter. <laughs> or when I was there Thanksgiving, I was like. 
it's always dark. I could sleep for 12 hours a day here. All right, that is your sound check. We spent as much time on Alaska and Antarctica as they did. <laughs> I think a guy called in from Alaska, and that's that's what got him on that topic. Let's see. Alaska is five hours before us, so it's like 1.30 in the morning or so, I think, in Alaska. Still sun out. When we flew, yeah, when we flew, we flew from New York to Chicago to Seattle to Anchorage. That's a long day yeah. of travel. Uh, as of right now, Anchorage is four hours behind oh, us. Only four. I don't know if they do daylight savings, if that gets mm. skewed, but they're four hours behind okay. us, so at two, least in Anchorage. 2.30. Every week, D.A. gives you his most appetizing college football games. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty burger. It's the Tasty Top 5. I'm tasty. I'm tasty. The DA Show, by the way, you can watch every single morning on YouTube and on Twitch as well. And full episodes available on YouTube and archive form. All right, my number five tastiest matchup of the weekend is a little Pac-12 after dark. Who knows what this will look like moving forward. But Auburn travels to Cal to take on the Bears. 10.30 Eastern kick on ESPN. Auburn's a six-and-a-half point favorite. Both teams are 1-0. and Big expectations are early buzz around the Pac-12. They got an SEC school coming in, and Auburn is the favorite, six-and-a-half point favorite. So an interesting early test for both teams. Auburn cross-country. It's a late kick. Some wacky things might happen. Interested in this one. Two Power 5 programs. Soon to be an SEC-ACC matchup. That's your number five tastiest matchup. I'm tasty. Number four. Another Pac-12 team, but this one on the road. Number 13, Oregon Ducks. Quack. Traveling to Lubbock, Texas to take on Texas Tech. Now, Oregon is a six and a half point favorite on the road. This is 7 p.m. on Fox. And for Bo Nix and the Ducks, boy, Bo is getting some major national hype. And the quarterback play in the Pac-12 in week number one was excellent. This is a different type of test. Texas Tech could be a top three or four team in the Big 12. And so a good stiff road test for Oregon. Let's see how they perform, whether the hype around the Pac-12 is faux real. That's my four, number four, tastiest matchup. Number three, SEC school on the road, Texas A&M, ranked number 23, traveling to Miami, 3.30 Eastern kick on ABC. A&M is a four-point favorite in this game, and this would be an enormous type of signature victory for the Miami Hurricanes under Mario Cristobal. Now, it's not that Texas A&M is unbeatable, but it is an SEC school. It is a power program. It is a ranked school coming into your house. And I think that there's plenty of let's see around Miami with the Hurricanes. Let's see. Miami is not a town that shows up for its sports teams as you're trying to get good or trying to prove yourself. They are a I will show up when you have proved yourself, after you have proven yourself. And Miami has tried to do this for 20 years now. Insist Turning point, programs back. We're getting the kids. This is the right coach. 
then this is yet another one. Now, I think Cristobal ultimately will be the right coach. For AM, pressure's going to be on all season long. And if AM goes and loses to an unranked ACC school, even though it's got the brand of Miami, it will be yet another black eye for Jimbo. So I like this game from a let's see which school comes out of this looking worse. That's my number three Tasty's matchup. I'm tasty. Number two, number two, number two would be Nebraska on the road, Folsom Field, Boulder, Colorado, taking on the ranked Buffaloes of Colorado. Now, Colorado's a slight favorite, a three-point favorite of this game. This is the big noon kick on Fox, big noon Eastern time. And look, we get to figure out whether the Deion Sanders project is just going to continue to go up and up and up this season or whether it might have been a one-week anomaly. It was a wonderful win for them last week. But can they follow this up? Now, Matt Rule at Nebraska needs wins like this. And it has not been really gnarly for a long time. But once upon a time, Nebraska versus Colorado had all of the hate. All of it. And it was good for business. 80s, 90s, even into the 2000s, Colorado and Nebraska hated one another. They were in the same conference and... You know, for a while there, late 80s through the early 90s, it was for supremacy in the conference in a national championship game spot. That's not the case here, but there's still some real hate, and Colorado fans hate the fact that there's so many Nebraska fans in their state, or at least there used to be, and their Nebraska fans are going to flock into, into Boulder and drink all their beer and eat all their their corn muffins and then go to the the stadium and be all rowdy and Colorado fans hate that and want to put them in their place and Nebraska has embarrassed Colorado so many times over the course of their histories that this should be good so that's my number two tastiest matchup and the number one is of course Alabama and Texas number 11 Longhorns traveling to Tuscaloosa to take on Bama Bama's a touchdown favorite of this game this is a prime time game tomorrow night 7 p.m. Eastern kick on ESPN. I will have more on this with the Wizard of Odds. It's going to be one of the games that I pick. The Wizard picks in hour number four. But let me tell you, I don't think Texas is ready for this smoke. I think Texas is a nice team. Quinn Ewers is a nice quarterback. Steve Sarkeesian's a nice head coach. But I think they're running into a machine that they're not ready for. They are not at that level. And I know there's question marks about Alabama. And maybe if Alabama happens to lose this game, those big question marks will pop back up around the Alabama Crimson Tide. I don't see it happening. I think the Tide and Saban have been wanting this for a long time. I think that they get them at home. Last year, obviously, was an incredibly close game. I don't think the same thing happens. I think Bama wins this one going away. But either way, it's fun brands, Texas and Alabama. That's my tastiest matchup of the weekend. I'm tasty. I'm tasty. That's right. It's all back. It's all back. Football. The Friday show. The Tasty Top 5. We'll have football food of the week coming up here in Hour 3. The Wizard of Oz. Your picks. I've got my picks for the NFL playoffs and Super Bowl. It's all. It's all here for us, guys. 
It's all here. The hidden pickle tweets, DA, can we please talk about Mahomes? Not about how amazing of a quarterback he is because everyone knows that. Why the hell does he have to do that finger thing after every play? It drives me damn crazy for some reason. The finger thing being, he kind of like index finger out, not pointing or shaking the finger, dipping the finger. Almost like a quarterback would do to ground the clock, you know, like we're throwing it into the ground. Kind of, but much gently, much more gently, just the finger, finger thing. I don't know why. I don't know why he does that. I don't know. Mahomes last night, though, look, I think that Sunday night broadcast is the best broadcast in football. I think Tariq is an absolute superstar, calls an unbelievable game. I like Collinsworth a lot. I love Tariqo. It's a good broadcast. I don't love the studio part of it, but I love Melissa Stark. I think they've got good sideline people. I mean, it's just, it's the graphics are great. The, the camera work is elite. But I thought the over-the-top sell of Patrick Mahomes is Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Wayne Gretzky rolled into one. It's like, yeah, we know he's really great. You don't have to sell us on that part. We know he's really great. You don't have to tell us how often we're going to find out how great he is. We're all well aware. Jason tweets, how about those three pumps from last night? Hingle McCringleberry would be proud. Was that Amon Ross St. Brown? Yes. Amazing. Well, <laughs> but he was like putting it on his thigh. I don't know if it, it was great. Yeah, he wasn't full out pumping. He right. did a variation. He was putting the side pumps on his thighs. <laughs> is that a thing? Well, what's amazing is as he did it, did you notice the NBC cut away? They quickly went to a Chiefs defender. But And then they went back and they played the replay. I think they thought it was going to be really bad, and they looked at it, and maybe they saw what you saw, that it wasn't quite the full pump. Instead, it was like a thigh pump. Well, I mean, it was a full pump. It just seemed to be off target. <laughs> like, he was putting it on us like thigh pads. And again, we're old and uncool. I don't know what any of that meant, but I, it was noticeable that NBC darted away from it live. Yeah, he hit the first. The first one was right down the middle, right uh -huh. down Broadway. Okay. But then he transitioned to putting it... <laughs> On his hip. Like on a holster. Yeah, and then the other one went on the other hip. I loved it. So I don't know if he's got some other extremities over there. I loved it. But you think I mean, like it's like a three-pronged attack? It might be. I wow. mean, you, that's dangerous. That's like, you know, the next villain in AVP, Alien vs. Predator. It's the it's the it's the ASB, the Amon Ross St. Brown. He's pumping all all angles. Well, Hingle McCringleberry is a is a Key and peel bit. Yes. So I think he was trying to replicate the key and peel bit there. Do but you think put he, a, his own twist on it? You think he hit the first pump right down the middle and then he goes, all right, maybe. And like, and as he's doing it, he goes, let me just do it on the hip and not get a flag. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting. If he goes three full center pumps, is he flagged? That's the rule. That's the penalty. What's the penalty technically? Three pumps. Oh, and you get on sportsmanlike conduct. There's a cap on pumps. Yeah, have you never seen that clip? Can we bring Gene Steratore in for confirmation? <laughs> that well, it'd be Terry well, McCauley in Key and Peel. 
In, ter- in Key and Peel, it's three pumps right. as a penalty. You're allowed two. Right. <laughs> and I remember he does the second one, and then he's right. just standing there, and the ref's like, <laughs> yeah, he's whistle right next to his junk, and he goes. <laughs> <laughs> the third pump is where you get the flag. Do you think there was a conversation in the NBC trunk truck after they, sh- they cut away for the first time? Yes. Then somebody hears the replay. Yep. And they went, oh, okay, those are not direct pumps. We yes, can play that. I do think so. I think Fred Godelli confer- okayed that on I the think, way out. I think there was an element of somebody's going to have to to decide whether this is too sexual. Wow. Yeah, and I would love to be the person that has to decide that. So that sets the precedent, though. Side pumps, okay. Yes. One center pump, <laughs> also okay. <laughs> I can't. I hope somebody does three center pumps on Sunday, and I hope we get a flag. I can't believe that there's so that I didn't know the rule, the cutoff. That two's one's great, two's okay, but three's too many. Oh, three well. is that's the threshold. Well, we'll for see. Penalty. The NFL, like Pat says, it might be only one pump. We don't know. One center pump. Yeah, and based on that chief right tackle last night, they're apparently calling nothing these days. So maybe they're they, are, they <laughs> oh should have been a flag. Jawan Taylor, right? Yeah, he was trying to replicate. Who is the Eagles? Is it Lane Johnson? who kept doing that all last year, and everyone's losing their mind. They weren't flagging him. Yep. I think you're, you're probably going to see a lot of it this year. The big jump back as the quarterback calls hike or, you know, whatever, and the ball's not snapped yet, and then, you know, he's lined up. They're like, he's you know, Terry McCoy's like, he's got to be lined up on the center's hip. And I'm right. like, dude, his helmet's like in his butt. Well, yep. he was so badly lined up that McCauley – I can't now. I can't think of the word he used, but he was like, "It wasn't even close." Like, usually, they're trying to be nice and respectful to their former guys. He's like, "This is not even close to being okay." Collinsworth goes, "Yeah, you got Juwan Taylor playing slot receiver." Yeah. <laughs> Chris tweets, "Good morning, DA. Just had to share this. Got home from work yesterday. My six-month-old is feeding. I giggled, and my girlfriend said, "What's so funny?" I said, "You wouldn't get it." I looked at my daughter, and all I could hear was, "You like that big boy?" <laughs> Just like chicken pesto lady. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the, the kids that breastfeed are just, we were talking about this yesterday. They're in total Zen mode. Like that? Like that big boy? I mean, the only bad news is their life peaked at six months and yeah. they have no, they have no, in the moment they don't know it and they can't even remember it. It's funny that babies cry so much because their lives are amazing. It's like, do you want to eat? You want to eat? Here's all the food you could possibly eat. Now, I'm going to lay you down as you eat, and then we're going to burp you, and we like that you're burping, and we want you to eat more. And then, whenever you want to sleep, we would love, we would encourage you to sleep as long as you want for as many times as you want, as many hours. And if you if we ever do dare wake you up, don't worry, we will just start feeding you as much as you possibly could want. And everyone is there to say hello, to goo goo gaga, to pet you, to hug you. To move you. To move you wherever you want to go. I mean, you'll never have it as good. The babies, the babies, they that's the life. In footy pajamas the whole time. Comfy clothes, no belts, no ties, no high heels, no dresses. You're just sitting there in sweet little cotton all zipped up. It's funny. My, my buddy Brett, who is as just black and white, as pragmatic as pragmatic could be, my former roommate in college, my wife was pregnant, and I said, so tell me, he's got three kids. They said, tell me what to expect. He goes, well, for the first 18 months, they're useless. <laughs> and I said, well, useless, huh? Yeah. And what we're talking about, most people would say, like, it's adorable, it's precious, it's cute. He was like, yeah, they can't run the plow yet, so they're useless to you. <laughs> they're not They're not free labor, but it's true. I mean, because they're not free labor to you yet, 
I mean, they're just, they're, they live the best lives ever. There is no contribution that they're making. Yeah, and going back to my my want for a dementia-riddled bliss at the end of my life, mm. you know, when you, like, the first six months of your life and the last however long of your life, if, you know, elderly person needs to be put in hospice or a home, whatever, because they can't take care of themselves, you know, you're basically... You're going back. You're 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 going back to your first six months of life as a baby. You know, if you need to be changed, you need to be fed. You need to be. You you, you make no contributions. You really can't take care of yourself. I'm surprised we don't get elderly folks breastfeeding more at the end of their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. If they can't eat on their own, why not just supplement them with the most natural nutrients that you, you can get? So they should hire a wet nurse? <laughs> well, yeah. This is some weird, an interesting theory. perverted fantasy you of wouldn't, yours. You wouldn't want to experience that one more time? <laughs> well, I think, the, <laughs> I think my first confusion would be, I'm not going to know that it's happening if I'm as dementia-riddled as you want to be. Uh, no, I, I think there's certain things you, you know oh, what's like going on. never go away? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Dixieland oh, says... Enough. <laughs> Says, <laughs> now he wants to talk sports. If we are talking about pumps, we need to trust the expert of pumping, Pat Boyle. He's basically the Mike Pereira of the pump world. <laughs> <laughs> Bogues has headlines. Uh, the Lions made their presence <laughs> the felt. Pereira of pumps. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new Twitter handle. The Lions made their presence felt pretty early on opening night in KC. Dan Campbell calling for a fake punt in the first quarter inside his own 20-yard line. We knew there was going to be a right time to do it, and I felt like that was the right time to do it. And it was the right time because linebacker Jalen Reeves-Mabin took the direct snap, ran for three yards, and the first down. The drive continued, and this happened. Play clock at five. Goff leans in. There's the snap. Jared back, looking, looking, throwing, middle, caught. First down, touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh, baby, Amon Ross, St. Brown. And then pump. Pump, pump, Dan Miller on Lions Radio. First point of the season belonging to Detroit. But KC at a 14-7 edge by halftime. So the Lions got a Brian Branch 50-yard pick six early third quarter. Then David Montgomery's go-ahead eight-yard TD run with 7.06 to play. Two defensive stands got Detroit a 21-20 W at Arrowhead. They had lost their previous five openers. The Chiefs were on an eight-year week one win streak. Mahomes hoping his teammates were paying attention. It'd be good for the young guys to know that we're not going to just kind of walk in and win the game. You're going to have to play play good football. We're going to play every team's best shot. Uh, I've I've preached it to them all, all preseason, but they know now. The pick six is Mahomes' first ever week one interception. It came off one of Kadarius Tony's four so drops. Insane. He hasn't thrown a pick ever in week one. Uh, the last of the four drops would have put the Chiefs near or in field goal range in the final minutes. Uh, Joe Burrow is getting paid in Cincinnati. A reported five-year extension with 219 mil guaranteed. Only Deshaun Watson has more. The Orange County, California DA says Saints tight end Jimmy Graham will not be charged for his arrest last month. You'll remember that Graham was taken into custody when police found him confused and combative. The team said he likely suffered a seizure, which left him disoriented. Graham said yesterday he is dealing with a private health matter. Okay, so we finally got some clarity on that. Yes. Which was the story from a couple of weeks ago. And so he had a seizure. That's what... So 
the police or the DA said there wasn't enough evidence to get a conviction, so they couldn't pursue the charges. Didn't say, hey, this was a medical, as far as I read, didn't say this was a medical event. There was no need to take him into custody that night. They just said we couldn't prove anything, so we have to let him, we have to move on from this. this the team's stance remains that something happened to him medically, and that's why he was out of sorts. And then he said yesterday, yes, Something's going on, but I'm not going to discuss it. But he's able to play football games. And so who reported that it was a seizure? The team said that from the beginning. Like the next morning, like their doctors went to the hospital or the police station and said, we think he suffered something like a seizure. That's why he was disoriented, not because he was under some kind of controlled substance. I didn't realize they had made that public, the, the yes. seizure part. So, yes. And then they let him play the next day or two uh, days later? No, the next weekend. He didn't oh. play that game. He played their third preseason game. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the Seattle Mariners gained some ground in the AL West last night with a one nothing win in Tampa Bay. They're now a half game behind the Idol Astros. Tampa Bay falls four full games behind Baltimore in the East. The Diamondbacks only last. Is and- that series? Is that division over? The Orioles are going to win the AL East after a historic start by the Rays, and it's kind of over with three weeks to go. Yeah, I mean four games is certainly doable, but the Orioles are giving you no signs that they're going to open up the door to let the Rays back in. Yeah. The Diamondbacks still in the last NL wildcard this morning after a 6-2 win at Wrigley and the Marlins 10-0 home loss to the Dodgers. The NCAA has denied the appeal of North Carolina wideout Tez Walker, so he cannot play this season. This is Walker's second transfer, so he needed a waiver, but only after he enrolled at Chapel Hill did the NCAA decide to stop saying yes so easily to these requests. Tar Heels head coach Mac Brown said in a statement he has lost all faith in the NCAA to, quote, lead and govern our sport. Serbia has beaten Canada 95-86 in the first FIBA World Cup semifinal today. The U.S. and Germany play in an hour. And Coco Goff and Arena Sabalenka reaching the U.S. Open women's final last night. Goff's match with... Carolina Muchova. ...was delayed 49 minutes by three climate change activists. Two removed from the stands easily, but again, the third one had glued their feet to the mm. ground. So again, a nearly 50-minute delay during a U.S. Open I semifinal. I thought it was an interesting platform, the U.S. Open, to protest fossil fuel use. So they, I guess one of the activists spoke to somebody on their way to the jailhouse and said that certain sponsors the U.S. Open has mm. are huge problems in this regard. Yeah, but Buddy picked the opening night of the NFL to do it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it was the worst Idiot. timing ever. Well, I mean, no one would have paid attention either way. It still would have been a throwaway funny story. It's not what do you been... mean no one would have paid attention? It's not, if this if this was two nights ago or tonight, it would have not it wouldn't have gotten any more attention. It's still on the first page of ESPN.com. It's still gonna be on the news channels this morning. I know, but he did it while the Chiefs and Lions were playing, so nobody like think about I know tennis is a niche sport. I know no not a lot of people like you and me that, that like it as much as we do. But Think about how many millions of people watched that Chiefs-Lions game, and if there's no NFL game yesterday, maybe, what, 50,000, 100,000, 500,000 extra people, or maybe say, oh, let me let yeah. me watch Coco Golf, let me watch just, tennis. It's the question of how many viewers peeled away for football that could have watched the U.S. Open last night. And he night. could have done Probably. it. He could do it tonight. He could have did it Wednesday. Now, Don't I don't he, know if it's any more effective. Uh, and and, and that's it. my point. And, and I'm a guy who thinks that, the earth is basically going to kick us off soon. So, like, we are all doomed for, for all these things. Kind of like, so you, you think the earth is going to turn into the control room when Mraz put the, the 
bacon sizzler. <laughs> Correct. Plugged in the bacon. Yes, thing. we're going to be evicted soon. Hot plate. But I don't. Pete. I'm not listening to this person, whether there was a Chiefs game or not last night. Yeah, I guess I don't know what the right time is for climate change protests. Probably something that's more governmental than the U.S. Open. I don't know. Or maybe something more international. I mean, I know that there's a lot of international players, but it feels like a very American event. Right. The sponsor thing, okay, but you could do that for any sporting event. Yeah, exactly. It's and not like the U.S. Open has specific sponsors. And when you glue your feet to the ground, it becomes a joke, not like, he's making a good point. Here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We should all do this. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's get stunned. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. This was a very popular submission over the last few days. A Florida man arrested in late August, 70 miles off the coast of Georgia, in a human-powered hamster wheel, Reza Bellucci on. was trying on. to run across the Atlantic to London. Reza Bellucci? Re- the great Reza Bellucci? Uh, but with Hurricane Franklin approaching, <laughs> oh, the Coast Guard on. was called to get him off the water. However, it took three days to make that happen, with Bellucci threatening to hurt himself and or them if they boarded his vessel. The Navy got involved and he was eventually taken into custody. Uh, This is not his first stunt, BTW. Back in 2014, (laughs) he tried to run around the Bermuda Triangle in a different flotation device. That one was more bubble. This new one it looked like two mini, uh, like, riverboat casino wheels yeah. with a cage for him in between. Excellent description. There were buoys and ropes. It actually looked like it might have worked. Yeah. And he did get 70 miles off the Georgia coast in this thing. I kind of wanted let it let it play out, see what happens. Yeah, well, what, what commitment or responsibility do we have to save that guy? So I, I think the storm... Um, was the problem that like they're allowed to kind of usher you away from danger so they don't have to go get you when it's worse. And look, if you go out 70 miles, you've spot somebody in the sea and you go out to this guy and he's not in distress though and he has a knife or whatever to stand off, you just be like, okay, if you want to be out here and don't need to be saved, I think you go out there with the the idea we got to, this guy is lost at sea drifting to his death. Right. If he needs to be out there and he's threatening you, okay, dude. Stay out here. Do 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 you do you. You're not. If you're gonna have a Fez Bellucci or whatever this guy's name is, <laughs> and he's on a suicide mission, let him do it seventy miles off the coast. He's not around society. Let him do whatever he's got to do, because I'd rather have him out there than here. Well, and don't it, bring him back. And it, it feels like a pump rule, right? Like he's done two now. The Bruno Triangle on this one, on the third one, you're on your own, dude. Like, if you come exactly. back, you come back. If yeah. you get there, great. I, if not, we don't care. Well, We're and done. the standoff. Yeah. He didn't want help. So, at the standoff part, fine. Yeah, DA's 100% right. I don't care how many times he's done it before. If he's cooperated, once I go out there to save your ass and you say, get away from me or I'm going to stab you, I say, all right, buddy, have fun when an 80-mile-an-hour gust of wind lifts you up and dumps you back in the ocean. Well, the guy's dead if they leave him out there at 70 miles. There's no chance he makes it anywhere. He's 70 miles off the coast of Georgia. Unless he comes 70 miles back... 
where's his landing spot? He, he was aiming for London. Okay, he so he would have died. Right. He he would have gotten another two days out there, no no fresh water, no food or whatever. I don't know how many. That he couldn't have had much on this hamster. I and mean, I wheel hope thing. he's stocked up. But yeah, how do you transport? Like, is your food going through the wheel as you're running? I don't Maybe he had a little glass encasement of, you know, so that it was probably jumbling around, but at least it was enclosed. I don't know. I mean. But I mean, no matter how much beef jerky and the the canned foods that Carlos brought in for us <laughs> you had, it, he couldn't have made it all the way to the UK. There's no way with his legs he was making it out. <laughs> so let him be out there for seven days, lost at sea, let an orca whale or something come up and eat him, and then we're done with Fez Bellucci. <laughs> and we don't need this guy. There's some people as part of the human race we do not need to save. If they want to do this to disintegrate into the ether, just let, they just don't need to be around us. Let them go. We should let more people do this. You don't like it around here? Totally fine. We're going to put you on Fez Bellucci's ship. You guys go out there. Try, do your own thing. Do the colony out in the middle of the water. Why are you calling him Fez? <laughs> you just keep doing your thing, guys. Round them all up. Put a big siren. If you don't like it on Earth with humans, we get it. It's not always easy. It's not for everybody. Here's Fez. He's your captain. You guys go out to the middle of the ocean. We won't see you. You won't see us. Bring all the beef jerky and Pop-Tarts you want and see how you do. And God bless. See how you do. But, like, we don't need to keep harnessing these people back like they need to be part of society. They don't. So you want, like, government-funded idiocy. Like, if you want to be a dope and try to run across the Atlantic... Here's instead of saving you, you no, no. we're going to give you the equipment to go get no, lost. No, we're not giving anybody equipment. But Fez Bellucci's building these things, right? So let him <laughs> build his aircraft carrier with boys and chicken wire. He can get all of them out there. They they can all do a, a soapbox pinewood derby thing. Okay, okay. Everybody build their own Fez Bellucci. I'm ship. the Eagle Scout. <laughs> <laughs> they all take off from South Beach, okay? And they try to make it to the UK. And you guys all, God bless. I mean, if you don't want to be with us, that's fine. It's totally fine. We, But pulling people back in where they don't want to be, Fez, we should not be spending taxpayer money to go save Fez. And a standoff? Look, you're on your own. He's going to try it again. Yes. Yeah. And let him disintegrate into the ocean. Now, in I guess for the record, he was this was not a suicide mission. He thought he was going to get across the Atlantic London. He was yeah. not trying to die. He was and trying to show off. And let's root him on. Yes, Fez, we think you can do this. We're looking forward to it. We'll see you in London. Yeah. <laughs> there has to be one person that's either connected to the Navy or the Coast Guard that could tell us what their responsibility is to save people. In this situation, I'll get him on the phone. I'll call him up because you probably are not allowed to sign off on just letting somebody do that. No, it is some type of yeah. Like, of we got to take it in buddy. occupational responsibility. Right. Oh, did you see it was he? Th he threatened to blow himself up. Yes. Did you so read that, that? That's when the Navy got involved to make sure that there wasn't actually an explosive. Yeah, on he, the he revealed the bomb was not real. Yeah. But you know what? If Fez Bellucci needs to be out there and he's not around anybody else, unless there is a worry that this item could interfere with other shipping containers, tankers, other ships, fishermen ships, or, or whatever. Like, okay, if that's going to interfere. But hey, if you want to just swim out in the middle of the ocean until you die, which is what's going to happen, why am I going to sit here and stop you if that is your purpose and you're not affecting anybody else 
Have at it. You know this guy was on the Iranian national team? He was a cyclist. I just looked him up. An Olympic cyclist? Yes. An Iranian athlete and activist living in the United States. He has a Wikipedia page. The great Fez Bellucci, as I said before. <laughs> I think we should let this happen. I'm like actually support it, fly drones over the top, have a ship going with him. I'm going to see if he can do this. How far can he get before he gives see up? See how far you can get. And just so you know, we're not going to be sad if you don't make it. That's Hopefully that's fine by him. We're not going to try to save you, and we won't be sad if you don't make it. No compassion. Just we'll see. It's it's human sport like Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> Puffiness with football. Moraz gives you his NFL picks every week. It's Up the Gut, only on the DA Show. All right, so as you know, Moraz left the show a couple of months ago. We are still searching for his full-time executive producer replacement. But in the meantime, I felt like it was not appropriate to not have Moraz's voice here on the show delivering the football food of the week. And so I took an idea for one of our wonderfully creative listeners, Kristen in Buffalo. And Kristen was the one who did the, that amazing drawing of all of us that was just top-notch that we posted. And she's an incredibly talented and creative person. And she suggested taking one of the big matchups of the NFL weekend, two signature dishes from the cities, and mashing them together for the football food of the week. And I thought, that's a really cool idea. She had suggested with the Jets... And the Bills, maybe a beef on weck pizza. Beef on weck being a Western New York delicacy. And then pizza, of course, being a New York delicacy. And I thought that would be kind of a cool idea. So I started looking at the matchups. And I thought, yeah, but Mraz would never come up with beef on weck. He's not smart enough to do so. So what would he come up with? Started looking at the matchups. How about Panthers-Falcons? Guys, what signature to Carolina? Barbecue. Exactly. Pulled pork. Signature to Atlanta, peaches. Ooh. Peach pie, peach cobbler. So I thought, how about this recipe? Could you combine the two and take Carolina pulled pork and put it in a peach pie? <laughs> and then I said, how can we recreate Mraz? And I went back into the Wizard of Watch DA's laboratory, and he said, DA, I might have something. And he went, beep, boop, boop, beep, beep, boop, 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 boop. And this big computer spit out a bunch of numbers and this kind of like long receipt like you would get at Home Goods or something like this, like a long Walgreens receipt. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. He pulled a lever. Boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. And he goes, I've got it. What you will now hear is not Mraz actually voicing this script of this recipe. This is a recipe in and of itself created by artificial intelligence. This is the voice created by AI. Again, Mraz did not film, did not record this at all. He has no idea we're doing this. This is a completely computer-generated Mraz football food of the week. Hey, DA Lions, I know you're hungry after a long off-season. Are you ready to learn how to make the most delicious and amazing meal ever? We take the Panthers and the Falcons and are making pulled peach. It's Carolina pulled pork on top of Georgia peach pie, and it's going to blow your minds. First, we're going to need to make the pulled pork. 
in a big old pot, heat some oil over medium heat, add the pork and cook, stirring occasionally until it's browned on all sides. Then add the onion and garlic and cook until they're softened. Stir in the paprika, cumin, salt, and pepper. Cook for one minute more. Oh, keep the cumin coming. Next, add the apple cider vinegar and chicken broth to the pot. Bring it to a boil, then reduce heat to low and simmer for two, three hours, or until the pork is cooked through and easily shreds with a fork. Oink, oink, big fella. But wait, don't forget to add a pinch of cayenne pepper for a little extra heat. While the pork is cooking, we can start on the peach pie. Preheat the oven to 375 degrees F, 190 degrees C. In a 9-inch pie dish, place the pie crust. In a big old bowl, combine the peaches, sugar, cornstarch, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Pour the peach mixture into the pie crust. Dot the top of the pie with the butter. Then take a bite out of the stick of butter for good measure. Once the pork is cooked, shred it with two forks. To assemble the dish, top the peach pie with the pulled pork. Bake for 45-50 minutes or until the crust is golden brown and the peaches are bubbling. Let the pie cool slightly before serving. And then, get ready for the best meal of your life. I'm so excited to share this recipe with you. It's one of my favorites, and I know you're going to love it. But be careful. The cayenne pepper can be a little spicy, so don't eat too much. You may need a few bathroom runs before Desmond Ritter's second interception. So let's get cooking. Wait, where is Carolina again? Is it in the south or the north? I always get those two mixed up. There is chat GPT. Ugh. And there is fat GPT. <laughs> that is completely AI-generated Mraz's football food of the week. Carolina pulled pork on top of peach pie. It is both incredible and terrifying. I mean, not for nothing, but we might not have to fill the executive producer role. <sighs> I mean, it, yeah. It was not, it didn't have the wild swings up and down that Mraz usually had. Didn't have a lot of him stumbling over his words, mm -hmm. rushing through some things. The, ooh, yeah, that mm. type of thing. Yeah, the but, orgasmic reaction to ingredients. But did that not sound like Mraz was doing a recipe? Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I'm sorry. Um, but I am intrigued now by the idea of just hiring an actual radio producer and then... Maybe hiring just like a Mraz ghostwriter. Like they can type things in live to Fad GPT that they think Mraz would say. So he would just hear Sean's voice saying them again as if he was here. It was like he was a ghost. I mean, honestly, if you have a loved one that's passed, just make sure you have a recording of a couple of things that they say and AI can recreate conversations with yeah, these people. It's freaking me out. This is I've known about this now for like 22 hours, and I've actually gotten more anxious about his existence than less because that just sounds like a younger Sean. That's almost like that's like sandwich artist Sean. Yeah, a little you know he's halfway through puberty, hasn't had that. No, well, he's had more stuff to kind of bring the voice down, give it a little more of a growl. But that was Sean. But it wasn't Sean. But it was Sean. But it wasn't Sean. <laughs> it was so freaky. It's like Hall of Presidents. It's like, is that really Abe Lincoln? That Because that really, he's his mouth is moving. Yeah. It's like, that could really be. Is that a hologram, Mraz? It's like the Tupac hologram. 
And Cap also had Mraz in a chef hat on the Twitch and YouTube streams and just the mouth moving. Yeah, he looked like a cyborg with like one eye that looked like the Terminator and then his chat, his mouth moving to fat GPT. Yeah. Now we just need an, we need an update or two on fat GPT because it didn't handle the aliens correctly. No, didn't no. handle Kai. Cayenne first. He said the, Cayenne. The first the time. The second Cayenne was good. The first right. one was Cayenne. And, and you're right. <laughs> Hello, hi, DI Lions. Yeah. DI Lions. And the the degrees, F and C, not Fahrenheit and Celsius. <laughs> You'd think they would have caught that one. But it'll get better as we do this. So yeah. I'd like to get some feedback from the listeners. How do you feel about Fat GPT? Do you feel this is a good way to do football food of the week where we just take a mashup of two totally distinctly different foods. We have AI create the recipe and then fake Mraz, cyborg Mraz, deliver the recipe. I like it, but I it might be a it might be too much to freak people out. I mean it's nice to hear Mraz's voice back on the air. Yeah, it just it I can't I can't disconnect from the frightening future that's coming if we can just recreate people's voices. Like, I don't need to talk to my dad after he's left the planet, like fake dad. Like, I, I'm i okay with that. I'll save a voicemail or two if I need to hear his voice. Boyle, are you good with Fat GPT delivering the football food of the week? Sure. Absolutely. I, I, I had a problem with the actual food itself, though. <laughs> so you're going to eat pulled pork on top of a pie. I'm listening. What's your objection? <laughs> no way that that's going to taste good. You think pulled pork on top of peach pies? Nah, th- those don't compute to me. I actually think it sounds delicious. Really? Yeah. You, okay. Wait, you're not you're not being facetious. No, I I I mean, because at first I thought it was just going to have like peaches in the pulled pork. So the connection of the barbecue and the peach makes a lot of sense. So you're just adding in some extra gooiness and delicious pie crust <laughs> for changing texture. Right. So there's no peaches. It's a peach pie. Yeah, peach yeah. pie, and then pulled pork on top. I would be shocked if this doesn't exist already. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. I kind of purposefully made something that I thought everybody would be disgusted by. But... Not even a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. That's a win. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I had an issue with the recipe. It says, like, you should bake, put the put the pie in the oven, like, raw, so to speak, with the pulled pork on top, and then bake it. Why wouldn't you just bake them all separately and then just... Put, cut your slice of pie, put it on a plate, scoop out some pulled pork on top of the pie, and away we go. It gets good. I, I think that sounds delicious. Okay. Now, I, people are, are reminding me that they've done this at the Cowboy Stadium. They've created a computer-generated AI Jerry Jones that people can ask questions to. There's like a hologram Jerry Jones. So it's being used, you know. Skipper Tim says, oh, my God, this is amazing. This Mraz recipe is brilliant. So... At least a couple of votes of people supporting it. You know that's who's going to run the Cowboys, by the way. When Jerry Jones dies, it's going to be AI Jerry Jones still <laughs> making the decisions. Which is great news for everybody else. There's going to still be bad decisions. They're going to put a chat, team. They're going to put a chat, chat GPT. What should we do with Dak Prescott? John and PA says, come on, Bogues. Mraz for sure would have said FNC instead of Fahrenheit and Celsius. <laughs> if anything, it's more authentic. Hashtag, I didn't think of that. Hashtag fat GPT. Hashtag the porkinator. <laughs> okay. It's a test run. There's nothing we can't do around here. Now that you've armed me and 
me and Cap's diabolical brains with AI. Now, you did say that some of the voices that you guys inputted didn't come out as well, yeah. right? Not not as effective as the Mraz ones seem to be really good. Okay. The best one that we've done. All right. Thank God. That's the one we need. Exactly. And if now it I'm ever, hungry. If it ever gets really good for my voice, there might never be another Friday, Summer Friday A. There might just be AIDA railing about modern uniforms. <laughs> That would be amazing if we could just feed in previous hot takes. So on that morning, we'd say, what would DA think about this? And it would know and be able to present it. Although I'd probably have to put my foot down for that. I'll do updates for real you or real other yeah, fill-in hosts, we but can not, do, yeah, not fake you. We can do AI bogus updates very easily. No, they'll just stop doing updates. That's what they'll do next. <laughs> John and, John and PA circles back and says, you know what? On second thought, AI Mirage should be called the Baconator. I don't know. Fat GPT. Fat GT is pretty good. Fat GPT, <laughs> the Porkinator, or the Baconator. These are now the early. Baconator might already be copyrighted by Wendy, so we probably can't use that yeah. one. Yeah. I'm a what? A wizard. Who's the wizard of odds? It's D.A. It's the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. The odds are that you'll be a winner today. The wizard is here, make you feel okay. Hey, hey, hey. Hey! Boy, it's good to be back, everybody. Long off-season. The wizard sifting through those Phil Steele preview guides in Sport and Street and Smiths and Sports Illustrated and Looking into the crystal ball, ooh, what do we have here? And cooking up some of the picks for this season that he feels really, really, really good about. It's been a long time, but the wizard is back and feeling good and doing well. Well, I feel good and I'm doing well. I think if you are watching on YouTube or Twitch right now, you're seeing a wizard's beard that looks shinier, whiter, looks healthier, taking my calcium. The wizard also feels rested and ready and energized. So we're ready for a big, big year. And we're going to start tomorrow college football. We start with the big one, Alabama and Texas. These are two different weight classes, and it's in Tuscaloosa. I know last year was a one-point game. This year will not be. The line is Bama by seven. I think Saban's been licking his chops for months on this one. He's been playing it down, measuring stick for us. They're really good. Sark on the road against the King. Uh-uh. Quinn Ewers on the road against defense led by Saban. Uh-uh. This place is going to be jumping on fire. Redemption from last year and how they did not play all that well. I think this is also a answer-the-bell game for a year where everybody wants to discount Nick Saban and the, and the Tide because Kirby and Georgia's pulled past him. I think this is a butt-whooping. I do. I think this is a butt-whooping. I think this is a double-digit win. I just think you see two weight classes in this game, and Bama's going to roll. To me, you lay the seven and you don't look back. Bama big tomorrow night. It's the Wizard of Us. Also, a really good team 
that is getting attention for maybe the wrong reasons, the Michigan Wolverines. They've got talent all over the place. Their quarterback is experienced now and ready to go. And they're going to have a group of five team come into the big house. And even though people are talking about Harbaugh's not there, Harbaugh's not there, it doesn't matter. We saw this last week. Michigan is going to annihilate UNLV. Now, this number is really big. It's 37. So you got to lay 37 points. But guess who UNLV played last week? Bryant. Do you think that's a good prep for going to Michigan and playing in the big house against a Michigan squad that is the best team in the Big Ten and I think probably notably better than Ohio State again this year? Michigan's going to kill them. It's going to be a 50-point game. 37's a lot to lay, but give me a break. UNLV prepared for a trip to Ann Arbor by playing Bryant. You might as well play Bryant McFadden. They play Bryant. This is going to be an ass-whooping. It's going to be a 50-point spread. Give me Michigan laying the 37. It's the Wizard of Us. On to Sunday. I love the matchup at quarterback and of offenses of Chargers-Dolphins from SoFi. And it's going to look cool at a cool stadium. Kevin Harlan on the call. Week one, Herbert Tua. Tua Herbert. Great wide receivers. Great offenses. Big expectations of both place. But the number's big. The number's 51. And last night's number was 52 and a half, I saw most places. Now, what happened last night? Granted, no Travis Kelsey, that hurt. But an explosive Lions offense, an explosive Chiefs offense, combined for 41 points. The total was 52 and a half. Thing is, with the preseason basically gone, nobody playing in the preseason, and certainly not full units playing, It's hard to get your rhythm offensively in week one. It takes you a few weeks to get in there. As great as the two offenses of the Chiefs and the Dolphins should be down the road, I don't think they're going to be clicking at all cylinders on Sunday. I think that's a big number. 51's a big number. I think the total's closer to 46, 47, maybe 48. But I do not expect this to be a barn burner because, again, you're getting into the rhythm of the season without an in a preseason games. And look, Dolphins defense should be pretty good actually this year. So I'm taking the under, bang the under on Chargers and Dolphins. It's the Wizard of Us. And then finally, I love all of these handicappers that go inside the sports book or their den and they thumb through all these injury reports and they try to figure out matchups and watch all 22s because every single week this year will be making money time if you just drill down on simplicity. And the simplicity is the Arizona Cardinals are historically trash and are trying to lose. Whatever the line is on the Cardinals, I'm taking the other team. This week, it's in Washington, Sam Howell and the Commanders. Lay in seven, I'd lay 77. Whatever the line is, every week this season, I'm betting against the Cardinals. 
Fade the flock. Fade the cards. The cards are trash, and they're trying to be trash. Their quarterback is Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon. Lay the seven. Make the money. Every week we're going against the Cardinals. Jonathan Gannon? What's he going to say? The guy's a stiff. He's Bernie Lomax. Whatever the line is, lay it every week. This week it's seven. We're winning money betting against the Cardinals, baby. Fade the flock. It's the Wizard of Oz. It's the Wizard of Oz. And that's the Wizards' week one picks. Okay. Oh, God, it felt good. It is, uh... My apologies, Wizard. It's always startling to see you for the first time in a new season, but you seem to be in mid-season shape. Congrats. Thank you. Again, I feel healthy. The beard, I think, looks whiter, shinier than usual. The hat is sitting up straighter. Mm. Have you been breastfeeding? <laughs> <laughs> Look how big you've gotten. <laughs> Let me take off this thing. Oh, hey, DA. Ah, hello, guys. Good to be back. So I've got my NFL picks for the season, okay? Maybe we have some NFL music. I should have told Billy this, but maybe if we can cook up some NFL music, then I can give you my division winners, Ooh. my wild card teams, the championship games, and my Super Bowl as well, okay? It's also Target Demo Friday. Thank you very much, Billy. Target Demo Friday, which means you can also send us where you are, how you're listening, what you're eating coming up on Sunday, and we'll read those coming up in about 20 minutes from now. Okay, let's start in the AFC. Best division in the AFC is the AFC East. The AFC North is excellent as well, but the AFC East has some really good teams in it, some good high-end teams in it, and the winner of that division is going to have to get through the gauntlet. Most people will say the Bills again. Some will say the Jets. This is a little off the board, but I'm taking the Dolphins. I'm very high on the Dolphins this year. Again, we all know the caveat, if Tua stays healthy. But they've got really good talent on both sides of the football. I really love Mike McDaniel. I think the Dolphins survive the gauntlet and actually win the division this year. I've seen some people say they won't even make the playoffs. I think they win the AFC East. The Bengals... I love this year. I love that they got the deal done with Joe Burrow. They're stacked on both sides of the football. They're experienced. They're ready. This is a breakthrough season for them to try to win a championship, not just get there or get to the AFC title game. Bengals win a very good North. The South, I mean, look, it's really hard to pick against the Jaguars because the other three teams are so underwhelming. I could see the Titans kind of messing around and winning this division. Because the Jags are primed for a letdown year. It's a young team. Everybody's picking them. It's a down division. So don't be surprised if the Titans win the division. But it's just hard for me to pick against the Jaguars because they have more top-end talent than the Titans. They learned how to win last year. And Trevor Lawrence is a monster. So there's no competition between Trevor Lawrence and the poo-poo platter of quarterbacking that the Titans are going to have. I'm going to take the Jags, although I don't feel great about it, okay? AFC West, I don't care what happened last night. It's the Chiefs division. They'll figure it out. They always do. 
They might not be as great as they have been in the past. And we have to remember that they've gone five years to the AFC Championship game. Fatigue of just long seasons playing in the Super Bowl and winning last year. They might lose a couple of games early because of the Chris Jones holdout or because of the Travis Kelsey injury or just trying to figure things out. They're kind of notoriously a team that kind of experiments throughout the season and then turns it on late. So I think they'll win the division, but I don't think this regular season is a runaway freight train. I saw my buddy Nick Wright say they could be undefeated this year. I never thought they'd be that great. I think there will be a regression to the mean. I think at the end of the season, they'll be great again. I just don't think early, so I would not even pick them to be the one seed this year in the AFC. My wildcard teams. I think the Bills are still really good, and I think they're a playoff team. They're a wildcard squad. But I've got question marks about Sean McDermott in big games. But give me the Bills as a wildcard. Give me the Ravens as a wildcard as well. I think that this new offense with Todd Munkin is going to really open up some opportunities for Lamar Jackson. He's got two weapons here that he can use at his disposal. They want to put it in his hands. Well-coached, stable organization. Ravens will make a wild card. My third wild card is going to be the Jets. I don't think they are, again, a dominant team like some believe. I don't think they should be talking about historically great defense. They'll be good both sides of the football. Rodgers will be good. But to me, that's a wild card win versus an AFC championship game. That's a team that I think the ceiling is divisional round of the playoffs. So that's my AFC playoff picture. In the NFC, Eagles and Cowboys are by far the two strongest in the NFC East. I like the Eagles to repeat as division champs. I know they've lost their coordinators, but man, they're just incredibly balanced. Both sides of the football, they're really good. It's just hard to screw up the Eagles. They're that talented. Howie Roseman's just done a phenomenal job building that roster. The NFC North, what we saw last night, the Lions are ready. And I was wavering on picking the Lions to win the division because I'm not quite certain. I wasn't quite certain they were ready for the moment, kind of like I was talking about with the Jags. But last night was a big answer. It was in a big spot. Do you have the guts to get it done? And they did. And that solidified for me. I like the Lions to win the NFC North. The NFC South, it doesn't matter. Any of these teams are going to lose at home in the wild card. It's not a great NFC. Somebody's got to win it. I don't love the Falcons nearly as much as other people do. I think the Buccaneers are pretty much trash. You know, that the NFC South, the Panthers, could surprise some people because they're well coached. I think Bryce Young's going to have some really good games. I think they're slightly undervalued and underrated, but I wouldn't pick them to win the division. You know, it's more like they top out at 8-9. and nine. So by default, I've got to take the Saints. I don't feel great. I can't stand Dennis Allen. I just, I think they're better than the rest, but they're not great. I think they end up losing in the wildcard round at home. And then in the West, I like the Niners to repeat once again as division champs. You know, they just, they're stacked. They're loaded. And if Brock Purdy is fully healthy and ready to go, they're going to be a bear for everybody. My wild card teams, Cowboys are going to make the playoffs, but they're going to flame out early as they always do. But they're kind of too talented not to make the playoffs. I think the Seahawks make the playoffs out of the NFC West. I don't feel great about that. Some people think they can win the division. I don't. I think the Niners are better than them, significantly so. But again, it's a down NFC, so I'm taking the Seahawks. And 
I think the Packers make the playoffs. And I think Jordan Love isn't nearly a nightmare that most people do. They built a really good roster. And they have choked when it mattered most. But let's put some of that blame on Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying Love is better than last year's Aaron Rodgers. But they've always been able to run the football. They have a good offensive line this year coming back healthy. They've got a great defensive front four. They've got a good secondary. You know, they have everything you would want. And Jordan Love is the question. But I just, I don't think they're nearly as bad as people think. So I think they're going to make the playoffs. The two toughest eliminations for me in making the postseason, the Chargers and Steelers. I think both teams have playoff caliber teams and rosters. I had to keep somebody out in a stacked AFC. Unfortunately, they were odd men out, Chargers and Steelers. I think they'll both be pretty good, though. My AFC championship game does not involve the Chiefs. I think this run is going to take its toll this year, and I think they'll be better at the end of the season. But there's really good teams gunning for them, and I think that they will finally start feeling... You know, that after a championship run, it's hard to keep doing this. They'll make the playoffs to win the division. My AFC title game, Bengals-Bills. And I like the Bengals to win the AFC. I think the Bills are still lying in the weeds a little bit and as a wild card. I think they'll get to the AFC championship game, but lose it. I think they got two playoff wins in them, but it's not enough to get to a Super Bowl. In the NFC, it's an Eagles-Niners rematch NFC championship game. I like the Eagles to do it again. I like the Eagles to do it again. It's hard to lose a Super Bowl and come back to get back to one. I know this. Historically, it does not happen. I just don't see a team as good as the Eagles in the NFC besides the Niners. And I've got to believe that Brock Purdy can win an NFC championship game. And if he's got to win one on the road in Philadelphia, I know he didn't get the chance last year. I don't like my chances there. So I'm going to take the Eagles Eagles, Bengals, Super Bowl, and Joey Bags is hoisting the Super Bowl trophy. The Cincinnati Bengals are your 2023 Super Bowl champs. That is how I see the NFL going this year. And that means celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just $3.99 Ashley sleep mattresses starting at $2.50 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster Tempur-Pedic purple and Beautyrest black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, 
a tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. None of it will happen. Niners over Jets. That's right. It's a Friday fiesta. Here's what our listeners in the Target demo are up to. Okay. Travis is watching on YouTube. I've got a softball tournament this weekend, pounding down some beers and their famous steak sandwiches. Then Sunday watching football with some smoked wings. Hashtag you need to eat like this. Booskies. Backwards Brian watching on Twitch from North Carolina for my Panthers and Falcons game. I may not go with peach pie pulled pork, but maybe some peach brandy in my sweet tea with some barbecue sandwiches. Great week. Hashtag Target Demo Friday. My big fattest! Adam V, former bath guy, listing on 650 in Vancouver, doing the haka besides a lake, beside a lake, getting ready for the weekend. <laughs> Big Lair, listing in Twin Falls, Idaho, on Twitch. Jackpot with the boys. Lots of bets, drinks, and football. Go Broncos, go Niners. It's football, baby. Booskies. Marie in Denver. I'm watching on YouTube from the amazing state of CU football. Sunday, I'll be enjoying a shot of tequila for every sack placed on Russell Wilson. Hashtag Dan Campbell is my husband. You dog. Now we're talking, Marie. Mm-hmm. Lukewarm Churro, listing in Boise on 95.3. So glad football season's back. Now scoot over and pass me that Fez Bellucci. Hashtag Fat GPT. Booskies. Comeback Kid, listing on the fan in Rochester, New York. Hashtag Target Demo Friday. My big fat ass. JD, aboard the mothership from Kentucky via Sirius XM. Opening NFL weekend, you got to go with smoked chicken wings after the smoker put them in the air fire to get crispy. We snacking all day. Hashtag always set your alarm. <laughs> Dixieland Dan. Listing on Twitch. Football food of the week is smoked blooming barbecue bologna. Cut a stick of bologna into sections like a blooming onion. Season with dry rub. Cook for an hour at 250. Drench in barbecue sauce. Cook for 30 minutes at 350. Then down the hatch. Fat GPT Mraz's nightmare fuel. Nightmare fuel. Hashtag Hotty Toddy. My big fat ass. This is a lot of big fat asses. <laughs> Ostrich eyes watching on Twitch in gloomy Fayetteville. I'm having breakfast crunch wraps all day on Sunday. Dog. Hashtag Target Demo Friday. Dog. Timbo Slice. I don't like AI Mraz at all. It's like you guys have never seen Terminator. What if AI Mraz becomes self-aware and eats all the food on the planet? You heard me wrong. Reiko in 420, listening on Odyssey Rewind on my way back from Atlantic City. A week full of booskies and bets, getting ready for the first football Sunday and not getting off the couch for 11 hours, eating everything in sight. Hashtag, where does the salt go? Booskies. Kyle's in Lake Havasu City, connected to the mothership via the Odyssey app, and my football food of the week is going to be pizza. Shocker, right? <laughs> Kyle also adds, welcome back to the DA show, DA. JP is listening on Odyssey, driving a Honda Odyssey in Boise. Don't judge my vehicle. The salesman said that they're cool and chicks love them. Come on, man. Carla with a K. My daughter's coming in from Boston on Sunday. It's my B-Day, so I'll be eating birthday cake, of course. Hashtag happy B-Day to me. Booskies. 
Mike is watching on Twitch while working through my final day before starting a new job on Monday. It's been a long time coming, but can't wait. Hashtag Booskies. Kristen, Kristen in Buffalo listening on YouTube. Appreciate all the kind words. I'm putting my money where my mouth is and creating the beef on whack pizza. I'll let you know how it comes out. Hashtag puffiness with sodium. Hashtag fat GPT. You dog. Cigar smoking dude is listening on the Odyssey app with morning coffee, a cigar, and watching the waves at Holden Beach, North Carolina. Been cooking some fresh tuna on the grill and watching whatever game is on. Hashtag the good life. <laughs> Kid in Tuscaloosa needs a role model. I'm listening in Tuscaloosa, of course, via the Odyssey app. Only football to watch is Alabama. Where the heck is Pete the body? I need a hero. Hashtag no days off. Come on, man. He's got weeks of paternity. This is the first of three. Weeks to burn. Weeks to burn. Come on, man. Timbo Slice watching on Twitch for week one of the NFL season. Going to go big. Either doing two-day barbecue leftovers or there's a gas station by my place with amazing sushi. Booskies. Two-day barbecue leftovers or gas station sushi. Steven Saverna Park, Annapolis, Maryland via Twitch. Putting together a buffalo chicken dip and watching football outside with friends on the patio. Hashtag TDF. Booskies. Justin, sitting in my recliner post-surgery right outside Savannah. No other way to listen to the greatest sports app, CBS Sports. Since I will not be cooking on the grill, looks like some sort of takeout on Sunday. <laughs> Brian says I'm at the gym in Toronto, listening on the Sirius app, and beer and pizza on Sunday. Come on, man. And Iron Man Sean says, good morning, boys. Listing from the sad bunker in Clemson, hoping we can put up 10 points on Saturday. Hashtag Target Demo Friday. Booskies. Okay. A lot of booskies dealt out to everybody. Everyone enjoy for the weekend, that is. A lot of fat asses, dogs, and booskies. Handed out today by the one and only Billy Jock filling in for Pete the Body. This weekend, DA. Week one. Week one, baby. Week one. Let's do it. Our time now for the epic fail. And we go back to Fez Bellucci, who is an activist that wanted to go out in the middle of the ocean in some type of contraption that he built and said, I don't want to come back. I don't want to go home. So you know what? Leave him out there. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. A Florida man arrested in late August, 70 miles off the coast of Georgia, in a human-powered hamster wheel. Reza Bellucci was trying to run across the Atlantic to London. Reza Bellucci? The great Reza Bellucci? Purple drapes. All my life I've wanted purple drapes. There were buoys and ropes. It actually looked like it might have worked. Yeah. And he did get 70 miles off the Georgia coast in this thing. I kind of wanted... Let it, let it play out. See what happens. Yeah, well, what what commitment or responsibility do we have to save that guy? I just don't like him. Oh. I go in a urinal. I go in the stall, wherever. If he needs to be out there and he's threatening you, okay, dude, stay out here. Do 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 you do you. You're not. If you're gonna have a Fez Bellucci or whatever this guy's name is, <laughs> and he's on a suicide mission, let him do it seventy miles off the coast. He's not around society. Let him do whatever he's got to do. Because I'd rather have him out there than here. Well, Don't it, bring him back. I might be the psychopath here. 
What's wrong with trying to feed people? So let him be out there for seven days, lost at sea. Let an orca whale or something come up and eat him. And then we're done with Fez Bellucci. And we don't need this guy. There's some people as part of the human race we do not need to save. If they want to do this to disintegrate into the ether, just let, they just don't need to be around us. Let them go. We should let more people do this. You don't like it around here? Totally fine. We're going to put you on Fez Bellucci's ship. You guys go out there. Try Do your own thing. Do the colony out in the middle of the water. Why are you calling him Fez? <laughs> Just keep doing your thing, guys. Round them all up. Put a big siren. If you don't like it on Earth with humans, we get it. It's not always easy. It's not for everybody. Here's Fez. He's your captain. You guys go out to the middle of the ocean. We won't see you. You won't see us. Bring all the beef jerky and Pop-Tarts you want and see how you do. <laughs> and God bless. See how you do. There's so many oh. sickos in this country. Oh, I'm just wild about Harry. Harry. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic Some information about Antarctica that we were talking about before. DA Show Map says it's the only continent with no permanent human habitation. There are, however, permanent human settlements where scientists and support staff live for part of the year on a rotating basis. No commercial flights, only charters. Now, Kristen in Buffalo says you can 100% go to Antarctica as a tourist. My uncle was just there this past Christmas, but it's not exactly a comfortable or luxury vacation from what I understand, but you can actually do it. Just some background on that. You know, this weekend I was thinking about what I'm going to make for Sunday, and I think I'm going to try to make that swamp butter that one of our listeners suggested, which was Louisiana hot sauce, honey, garlic butter, and I'm forgetting what, oh, brown sugar. I think we're going to go to the store and get some chicken thighs. I'm going to put them in the crock pot for three hours or so. Then... I'm going to toss them in this stuff, this swamp butter, throw them on the grill, or if you have an air fryer, crisp them up. I'm going to take them out, have some swamp butter chicken thighs, go get some cornbread mix, make a little cornbread, maybe a little coleslaw, your football food of the week. All right, that'll do it for us this morning here on the DA Show. Thanks to Pat Boyle, executive producer. Thanks to Billy Jagalone on the wheels of steel. Thanks to Andrew Bogish on your headlines and Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA. Be good and be good to one another. I'll see you for Sunday morning football. I'm DA. The Mothership Disconnects. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.